0: You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. Please, will you put your hands together for Paula Jack? So, um, about 10 years ago, I was coming up to my 30th birthday. And up until that point, I had never shown any interest or desire in performing. It wasn't that I was against the idea of performing as a, as a concept or I had no interest in performing as a concept. Um, actually, I really, really loved theater for as long as I can remember. In fact, my parents used to go to the theater almost every other month until my mom was pregnant with me, so they used to joke that's where it must have started. Um, But anyways, my interest in theater and performance was always about everything but performing itself. And if you had told me I would be doing this at this point years ago, I would have told you that you were insane. But um, the thing is, having an interest in theater for me at the time, um, when I was in high school, meant, Uh, lighting design, it meant set building, it meant um, assisting the director, it meant playwriting, and I was convinced that I was going to grow up and I was going to become a theatre director. So I applied to get into the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and I was accepted in their stage management and technical theatre program. So at the young age of 17 I moved to London to start a new chapter in my life but unfortunately after those two years at RADA I was just left with a total hatred of theater. Um, (laughs) So I didn't really know what to do with this afterwards because that, that was the only plan that I really had. And I was also someone who was writing my statement about three years before I needed to. So I got into filmmaking. I worked in video production and eventually I had a kind of okay career in animation, working as a production manager. And this probably sounds really cool and exciting, but I just wasn't very happy. So I decided I was gonna take a break from my life and go on a little sabbatical and move for a short while to Berlin. Now, months later, I'm coming up to my 30th birthday and I'm planning my first trip to come back home and see all my friends. I'm on Skype with my friend Imogen. Uh, She'd also gone to RADA, but on the acting course. And she tells me on the day of my 30th birthday, she is launching a cabaret. And jokingly, she says, I know what you should do, babes. You should be an act in my cabaret. Now, I knew that she was joking, because at that time, suggesting that I should be in a cabaret was akin to saying, how you suddenly check th- change your sexuality? Which I also did later, but that's another story. <laughs> so I said, um, I think I do wanna be in your cabaret. She was like, really? Like, yeah. She goes, okay. Well, what's your act? Well, I said, um, I've already I've always um I've always written poems. Maybe I could learn some poems. Um I I have this like nineteen twenties dress and I could I could perform some poems that I've written. She was like, Yeah, why not? So we get off of Skype, and then ten minutes passes <laughs> and then she writes me a message to say oh, I need to finalize the flyer, what's your artist's name? I, I, I mean, I didn't have an artist's name. I, I didn't even know I could be a performer until 10 minutes previous. But I used to have this blog. And on this blog, because this is the time no one used their real names on the internet, uh, I had a pseudonym. Um, are any of you Breakfast at Tiffany's fans by any chance? Yeah, OK. So for those of you who aren't Breakfast at Tiffany's fans, obsessed with the book and the film, just need to say, um, there's this character called Paul Varjak, and um, Paul Varjak is the guy who was in love with this incredible, fabulous, wonderful woman, Holly Golightly. Uh, Paul Varjak is this writer who's always invited to the party but never at the center of it. This was me. So uh, my pseudonym had always been Paula Varjak. So I write back image, and I go, yeah, my artist's name is Paula Varzak. And she's like, great, sounds great, I'm like, cool. Um, And I knew that it wasn't enough just for me to learn these poems, that I also had to somehow become comfortable being in front of an audience, which I had never done. So I thought what I would do is I would come to London a week before the cabaret, a week before my 30th birthday, and every day I would go to an open mic. I would introduce myself as Paula Varzhak. I would perform a short set. So by the time it got a week later to the cabaret, I would be used to doing this in front of people. So I get to London a week before the cabaret, a week before my 30th birthday, and I, on the first day, go somewhere that I think is going to be the easiest starting point, because it's familiar and it's small. Um, the longest-running open mic in London is the uh, Poetry Unplugged at the Poetry Cafe, and it's yeah, it's tiny, it's dark, it's in a basement, and I'd, I'd at least been there as a punter, so I figured I could handle that. So I go to Covent Garden, I go down to the basement, I'm about to go up to the sign-up list, I see some people writing their names down, and, I, and then I just bottle it. <laughs> and I feel too nervous, and I, and I can't do it. So I leave, and I feel horrible about it. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I need to write Imogen and tell her that I've been wasting her time, she already printed these flyers, I already told all my friends, and I'm just pacing around Covent Garden looking for something, stalling for some reason. And then I find myself outside in American apparel when they were still open. And I go in and I'm looking for something. I don't know what. And then I find myself standing in front of this rack of glasses, you know, clear, non-prescription glasses, before that became a thing. And um, I pick up a blue-framed pair, and I pick up a pink-framed pair. And I go to the hipster behind the counter, because she is definitely way cooler than me. And I ask her a little bit too seriously, the blue ones or the pink ones? And I put them on. And she says... The pink ones, <laughs> definitely. So I, I I pay for them and, and I put them on and I go out of the store. And um, I feel a little bit ridiculous because now I'm wearing these glasses with non-prescription lenses and I actually need glasses. I'm wearing contacts. <laughs> and there's something so insane. About wearing these fake glasses over my contact lenses, that I feel like I'm getting away with something because no one knows but me. So I go back to the poetry cafe and I go straight down to the basement and I go up to the host and he asks me if I want to perform. And I say, Yes, my name is Paul Lavarjak from Berlin. And he goes, Great, and hands me the sign up list. And as I'm sitting waiting for my turn, Instead of feeling nervous, I'm getting more excited about it because I'm sitting there with these fake glasses over my contact lenses. I've just given a made-up name, and no one knows. I'm just sitting there besides myself. And then it's my turn, and I perform these poems. And I'm funny, (laughs) and people laugh, and I feel relaxed, and it's going really well. And by the end of it, drunk with my newfound energy, I actually say, if you want to see more, come to the cabaret on Saturday. And I don't know who this person is, but I am in love with her. So the next day I repeat the experiment. New open mic, glasses, fake name. Third one, new open mic, glasses name, da da da. I get to the end of the week, a day before the cabaret. This time when I walk out of this open mic, I run into a friend of mine who's a photographer. He's on his way to some club night in Shoreditch. And he's like, "Glasses." I'm like, "Yeah, they're they're like kind of my thing." And he's like, Okay. So it takes me to this night in Shoreditch. We walk past the front of the guestless queue, and we go in, and this is the first time I have been like out, out with the glasses. And I feel a little bit out of control. And I'm flirting with people, and I'm lying and saying I'm from Berlin. Luckily, I meet no one who's German or can speak German. Weirdly, no one asks why I have an American accent. I'm snogging people. I nearly go home with someone. And meanwhile, because my friend is the photographer, he documents all of this and one of those shots he takes of me covering my mouth coquettishly with my glasses with my eye rolling up, ends up being like my bio portrait photo for 10 years after this moment. But anyway, that's another thing. So I do the cabaret the next night and, and I smash it and my friends are shocked. They are, they're like, we don't know who this person is because suddenly I seem like I'm a natural. But afterwards, while everyone's wishing me happy birthday and congratulating me on the performance, all I can think about is I am now 30 years old, and I've only now figured out my life direction. And I realize, because I have a lot of friends who are performers, especially actresses, that if you want to do this seriously, you need to put lots of time into it. And unfortunately, 30 for a Woman in this industry is old. So I have to make an impact quickly and dramatically. Now is my time. I go back to Berlin, and the next day I do some research, and I find out that there are actually quite a lot of nights that book international acts. So I contact one of these promoters. I manage to convince her to go for coffee. I've read up on previous nights that she's booked, and I charm her, you know? I, I make it seem like I am actually interested in all the music acts she's booked the last two months so we have like common interests. And then I talk about my performance presence in London and I lie. I say that all the open mics were feature sets. I say this cabaret night is an ongoing thing and I was the headliner. I say I am a really established artist in London. And she says, you know, I normally don't book acts I've not seen, but I've actually lost an act next month. You can be on the bill. And I don't remember the number she told me when when she told me the fee, because the figure that is now stuck in my head from that moment is she needed me to do a 20-minute set next month. I had about 10 minutes of material, 12 at a stretch. But I just said, Amazing, yeah, 20 minutes, yes. And then I spend a whole month preparing for it. I act as if I am ready for my first solo show at the Edinburgh Fringe and I go overboard, there's, I think there's a costume change, there's props, there's like light and sound cues, and I call in every favor I possibly can. I get a friend of mine who's a filmmaker to promise that he'll film it so I can send that as documentation to other performers. I get a graphic designer to design T-shirts. I get another friend to get a bunch of other people together so they can show up wearing these T-shirts like my fan base. And then I invite five other promoters who run other nights to come. And this is not the way in Berlin or pretty much probably anywhere things are done. So I think out of shock of my pure dorky tryhardness, everyone comes to this event. And I show up an hour early and charm the technician into having all of my excessive tech. And at the end of the night, I get booked for five more gigs. All the promoters I've, I've invited come and within months, I am hosting my own radio show, I'm touring around the country, I'm in literature festivals, and I find out there's a market for people who want an international artist but don't want to pay the airline fee. And then (laughs) I reverse what I've done. I do some research in the UK, I contact a bunch of promoters, I say I'm a really established artist in Germany, which by now is true, and I book my first UK tour And I share this with you because no matter where you are right now and how old you are, now might be your time. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council and Writers Centre Norwich.